My advice is it takes nine or it takes 10 months to grow a baby and it takes about 10 months to grow a digital business where you'll see real returns from if you are very consistent. Because it's not just about, and I think this is a cultural shift we're experiencing, it's not just about succeeding, it's about thriving, being healthy, like enjoying this, you know, precious life that we have. And I think the pandemic taught us a lot. It taught us the importance of family, the importance of health, the importance of, you know, really cherishing this time because nobody has forever. So let's just try and make the best. I'm Farah Shamas. Welcome to Hotel Talk. We hope you enjoy listening to this friendly conversation between people connected by real life in hotels. Today I have with us Vicky Broadbent. She is a lifestyle blogger, parenting expert, and a best-selling author of Mumboss. And she also happened to stay at St. Rafa Resort and Marina this summer, and that is where we met. So ladies and gentlemen, it's another reason why being in hotels is absolutely one of the best jobs in the world, because you get to meet people like Vicky. Vicky, thank you so much for being with me over Zoom. So shame we couldn't record in Cyprus. We tried, but the equipment wasn't set up properly. So here we are over Zoom. Thank you. Thank you for being hey, here. Thanks for having me. And we were saying it's crazy because you're in your summer gear and I'm wearing like a sweater. A polo neck. Yeah, turtle neck. Polo- like, that's, that's the difference. It's crazy. But you know what? We're craving a little bit of rain and just some relief from the heat. It's like 36 degrees here and it's October. It's crazy. You're lucky. I'm jealous. Oh. <laughs> feeling like we're in winter now, rain and everything. Um, but yeah, I was thinking the other day how what lovely holiday we had with you guys in the oh, summer. Thank you. I bumped into a friend and she was like, "Oh, I'm going to go. It looked brilliant." So yeah, just really, really lovely memories from such from Florence's first holiday. Amazing. Yes. Well, to all the listeners who don't know. Um, Vicky has three kids, so like me, and um, also two, not older, but okay, they're 12 and nine, aren't they? 12 and just turned 10, yeah. Just turned 10. And then almost, well, almost 11 months now, Florence. Yeah, so, which is quite an experience traveling with three, isn't it? Yeah, we brought the in-law, well, we brought my parents, my husband's in-laws, we brought my mum and dad with us on holiday. And actually, it was really interesting because we made friends with other families at the hotel. So yours is such a like lovely, warm family kind of environment. And everybody that had brought family with them looked really rested and relaxed. And the oh, ones that that's didn't, nice to know. I know, but the ones that didn't were like saying to us, we're definitely bringing like our parents and in-laws the next time we go on holiday. Because we made friends with lots of different families there. They were so sweet. And um, yeah, there were actually like big families that traveled together, weren't they? You had like, there was a group of sort of 20 people that all traveled. Many, many times. Yeah, we get people who come and literally it's the grandparents and the siblings and the grandchildren. And it's really nice. And yeah, you're right. It makes it so much easier I mean, it takes a village, doesn't it? Yeah, and we actually had a holiday. You know, we felt that we could relax and it was everybody pitched in. We had kind of, you know, four of us as adults. And the kids, the lovely thing about your resort is kids feel so safe there as well. Um, They can wander from pools to the cafe to the beach. And, you know, like my 12-year-old was able to feel really independent on holiday. It's probably the first holiday where he felt that way. And we could trust him to go with my nine-year-old to 
play on the football pitch. And other families that we spoke to felt the same because some hotels just don't have that. Yeah, you so feel a bit they, worried they're too close to a road or, yeah. Yeah. You know, they're yeah, not so secure. Such a lovely, lovely asset. And, and obviously you've got the most amazing beach ever. Like Aww. you're, so, yeah. Oh, thank you so much. So on that note of uh, being a working mummy, and yeah. which is the title of your book, actually, isn't it? The USA version. The, yeah, working the UK mom, yeah. working mom. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah, UK mum boss. So what inspired you to start this professional journey? Because you were in a quite a different background, had your kids and then um yeah, started working from your kitchen table and became this entrepreneur, best-selling author. <laughs> Uh, blogger so much more so tell us a little bit about you yeah I mean I think so I had a baby I was working in the tv and film industry one of very few women directors female directors um it's a very male orientated industry and I know you said it's quite similar to the hotel and tourism world um in that they're not that many women because it's not conducive to kind of having kids but I was very much well I think in our industry there is a 50 50 split it's quite fair let's say but not the higher you get, the less women yeah. you see on the way. So, yeah, in management, sure. no. Because as a director, you're kind of the, the captain of the ship. Um, yeah. as, and then in documentaries, you direct and produce. So you really do run the show. And um, I think I read there's only 4% of women in the industry still now. I think it's even worse now than when I was in, in the industry. So anyway, to cut long story short, went on maternity leave, Um set up a blog when not many people were blogging obviously there were some amazing American bloggers but there was hardly anybody I was like one of the first bloggers first wave of bloggers in the UK across every genre so that's just wild to think about in 2010 you had to explain to people what a blog was Facebook was only just kind of around it'd been around a few years but wasn't really you know it was only just sort of taking off um and yeah within weeks I was getting offered because businesses were like this is what how we want to advertise. They could see this was the future. And then I started working with, you know, really big brands and things. And I thought, oh my gosh, I can work around my baby um, the same as a director without compromising on being a mum. So before I knew it, I did get back and direct some adverts, but then very quickly I realized that by the time I had my second baby, this had become my full-time job. And now we're hitting 12 years. So and another baby later. So yeah. <laughs> And how has it developed? So you've, um, you know, you started off blogging, but now you've written a book, you've done so much more. I mean, at what point did you realise, well, actually, this is my career path, like I'm not going to go back to directing and I'll just do this. Never say never. Um, And I have, I've directed adverts. So I directed like car ads. I've done stuff that as as like also as a digital creator as well. And this is the other lovely thing. I can I can still do stuff that's creative, but I've got an audience, a platform. So, you know, and at some point I'd love to make a feature film. I'd love to kind of go back to those things. But right now, you know, being a busy working mum of three, kids are our lives that's like the greatest job of all I don't want to miss out on stuff but obviously I love the stimulation from working and I need that as well to be happy and there's no that's no judgment on people that don't want to work or but it's just for me I know that that's something that makes me feel like I've got my own little identity as well and obviously blogging and social media fits around that um so I've just kind of on mat leave I had my nine months maternity leave as we have in the UK and um I did do some stuff kept going a little bit but not 
not kind of the usual sort of uh, tempo. And now I'm back to doing more filming and campaigns and ads. And what's so lovely about my job is I would say over the past 10 years, decade, TV stations started finding talent online because it was another platform. Um, and so I got to do TV and I got to do um, radio and I'm a regular on BBC Radio 5 Live and I do, you know, hour-long shows and things. And it's just amazing that I've been able to carve a really eclectic media career, like diverse media career, from just putting myself online, really. That's amazing. And, well, you went on to write a book. So how did that come about? What was it? I mean, I'm not going to ask what the inspiration was because <laughs> it's called Mum Boss. But, yeah, really, yeah. What, what was the point that you said, oh, actually, I need to write all of this into well, the book? You know, I was one of the first, there was a few of us that were really candid about how we were building a business as mums. Um, obviously, I came from, I was a director, my master's was in um, was in screenwriting and direction. I went to a great uni in London, um, Goldsmiths, University of London, and um, I got my master's quite young, I was 19. Um, and then I went straight into the film industry. I'd worked all my way through uni at the BBC in various places. Um, so I felt that when I started this blog and I'd, found a way well it sort of found me it was an accidental career but I was able to build a business and monetize and, and essentially have an online magazine with the social media handles um I wanted to share this with other parents who were given the short straw in the workplace because we have you know quite a difficult situation in the UK where you know the maternity rights aren't great and there isn't uh so I wanted to say look if you want to do this, there is a way that you can work flexibly, which isn't the norm. It's still not the default, despite the pandemic. So um, this is a way that you can work around your kids, not miss out, earn really good money. This is how I did it. So I wrote a blog post that became very, very popular and helped a lot of women. Um, and I was approached by a big publisher, one of the biggest in the UK, who said, and they're based in America as well, who, who actually wanted me. Originally, they approached me. I won't say who it is. Um, they approached me to write kind of a bit of an autobiographical piece it wasn't quite the right fit um I wanted to create a handbook where I would weave in my story as it were but not you know I don't consider myself like someone famous that should be writing an autobiography it was more like how can I help people what's the service that I can provide so the other women that give them the short straw in the workplace that's um, you know, are missing out financially or whatever it may be, or missing out on the kids, how can they create something that can give them satisfaction and also a well-paid career? And it went from there. And then um, Hachette, who were huge, um, yeah, they were the ones that offered me the deal. And uh, I wrote Mumbos. And then um, it came out in 2018. I did, this is the time when you could do book tours. I did like a two-year book tour. Like it kind of just went on and on. Went across loads of cities, went to Belfast, Manchester. I met like hundreds of readers. I was so touched because when you're working behind a computer, you kind of don't even think it's real. Like I just think my mum's my only reader. <laughs> you know, I still feel that way. So it was just a bit surreal, but lovely to meet women. I can and imagine I it was amazing to meet yeah, so and I had many people. people. They were the reason, you know, the book contributed to them leaving their jobs. And that was people like everyone from doctors to kind of, you know, actors. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've got a responsibility here. I hope everything goes well. And I get letters still saying, and sorry, emails saying, you know, 
things have panned out and I've written this book and I've done this and it's just nice to have made a tiny little impact on you know some people's so many people's lives so what are your tips what are your tips for balancing and for having having that bit of relief from a typical job where they're not feeling appreciated and not spending enough time with their own kids what what are your main tips without obviously doing a spoiler alert for the book because we want everyone to buy no, the book, sure. but, Thank yeah. you. I think um well I think if you're dissatisfied how I see it is you know if you were going to start a blog or start an Instagram account or um you know really these days it's really vital to sort of do a bit of everything you know so that you've got your website and ideally run a blog from your website and that includes you know hotels big brands small brands because if you've got a blog you're helping the search engines you're indexing in search engines so you're getting visibility and I think people forget that you know it's not just about followers it's about reach anybody can find you so it's really important to just put yourself out there and then the social media is is kind of you know all the different legs to the website and the blog so you've got Facebook Pinterest Instagram TikTok you know all these different things that are really important and they all serve a purpose in their own right so like my Pinterest account we reach like 1.2 million a month and that's mostly America so I know and I and that's very much kind of food and beauty and travel orientated because that's what people go to Pinterest for in fashion whereas the blog people are there to read in a more lengthy way so there's so you've got to get to know all the different things but you can absolutely build a business what my advice is it takes nine well it takes 10 months to grow a baby and it takes about 10 months to grow a digital business where you'll see real returns from if you are very consistent so if you're starting with a blog you need to blog at least twice a week you know if you've got say a clothes brand and on your website you need to be having a blog on that website publishing a blog and publishing posts on that blog twice a week so that that will then help the visibility of your clothes business so and you need to be sharing you need to be creating video content you don't have to overwhelm yourself I would say like really focus on maybe three social media platforms so um you don't have to do everything at the same time but look at what interests you bring personality to your storytelling we're storytellers ultimately so um for me it's sharing what I'm learning as a parent that's kind of the main foundation of my blog. But I'm also sharing recipes, beauty, like travel, destinations I love. I'm. It's very much like a, a lifestyle blog as well and sharing kind of, you know, healthy eating, all sorts of things. Find what you're passionate about. I would say create a plan, have a contingency as well. So save some money so that, you know, don't just launch into the abyss. Um, and gradually, how you know, if you've got, I call it the A and B job, if you're working in your job, build your blog, find time, mornings, evenings, find some time to sort of slowly build. And then you will get to a tipping point where you're like, right, actually, I'm earning enough now to resign. So that's kind of, um, and for me, it, it made sense because I built my business over mat leave. So that's kind of quite a good window of your thinking about that. Um, but then lots of careers in digital now, you don't have to your own boss if you don't want you could become a social media marketing manager you could work for a firm as a PR there are lots of different ways to kind of take that skill set and work from home and be more flexible I guess and I especially especially the pandemic really propelled that side of of business because so many people realized 
wow, the hybrid system does work or having a certain type of team member who's at home and isn't physically in an office is also okay. And everything's changed. Real estate, business models, so many things have changed now for the better, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. I think people, you know, employers realize that they can really trust their employees as well to be working from home. There's been a shift here now where a lot of people have gone back to the office. So flexible's not like the default. It would be great if it was. Um, and that's really important, uh, you know, and, and I'm hoping that that shift kind of does lean that way because I think for both mums and dads, it gives them that flexibility. And actually, you know, there was research that showed that employees were working even harder working from home. So we're working later and longer and they felt more committed, but they were still able to do things like the school run and have lunch with their babies if they're at home. And I think, you know, I think what the pandemic did was it taught us that we all, like really do need to slow down and for me um I started what I like to term as working smartly um a few years before the pandemic I had a thyroid operation that kind of made me stop in my tracks and I had to really be incredibly focused on like healing and and being well and not sort of um and it, and it changed everything. And, and I, I started working really smartly. I was like, how can I do less? How can I take on fewer campaigns but for, for more money so that I'm still growing my business? So the business model prevailed, but it was, it was done in a way that freed me up and freed a lot of my time so that I could go from like a four-day working week, say, to a two or three or two. And that was amazing because it meant that when the pandemic happened, I could homeschool my kids without stress because I could just shoot on weekends because I was busy, thank goodness, because it was a, a digital business, but I could make it work. And it made me think I really do have time to have another baby because I've freed up a lot of my time. And this is because it's not just about, and I think this is a cultural shift we're experiencing. It's not just about succeeding. It's about thriving, being healthy, like enjoying this, you know, precious life that we have. And I think the pandemic taught us a lot. It taught us the importance of family, the importance of health, the importance of, you know, really cherishing this time because nobody has forever. So let's just try and make the best. Um, so it changed my way of working. And when I speak to a lot of other women, it did the same for them particularly. Oh, my goodness. I love that. Very, very <laughs> wise words from a busy mom. <laughs> so as a busy mom, I'll make you laugh now. Who is actually the boss in the house? Oh, I should actually ask between your children. Lawrence, than... Lawrence is the boss. I was going to say, I mean, it's the baby girl, isn't it? It always is. And baby how, girl. when you're looking, because we'll get back to hotel talk and just say, uh, ask you rather. So when you are looking at going on holiday and you travel a lot and you definitely have done your book tours, you must have some funny hotel stories as well. So maybe you'd want to share a hotel story with us and also how how do you go about booking your own holiday I mean I know you came to St Raphael this year which was fantastic but coming to Cyprus you're originally from Cyprus your parents are so that maybe was easier but how did you choose where to go which hotel to book in what is important to you what should be important to all families when they're traveling so give us some inside tips yeah. on that and maybe some fun stories as well Oh gosh, I have to think about funny stories. I can't, I mean, um, obviously during the pandemic, like many people, we were just stationed. We did lots of what are called staycations and we toured around like the UK a lot because I was pregnant as well. And 
you saw what it was like with the flights and lots of places were closed so it wasn't somewhere we could travel abroad but prior to that we're so lucky that travel is a big part of my work so to speak so we would work a lot and and travel all over the world um reviewing places and also being on actual campaigns um and working with tourist boards and things and that was such a cool part of my job I have to say um because um we've been lucky enough to travel um a lot and uh I would just seeing parts of the world that we might not have you know but um we went to Lapland in Finland that was incredible um and I'm not sure I would have gone with young kids but they you know it was part of a, a campaign that was it was just magical um and it was at a time where I mean one of my kids Two of my kids still believe in Santa, so that's good. But um, it was a time when, you know, both of them did. So it was so utterly magical to go there and meet Santa. And I think um, one thing that I think a lot of people think is that travelling has to stop when you have kids. Yes, it's not exactly the same experience, you've got to be honest, but it doesn't mean that you can't have a holiday and you can't enjoy yourselves. And I think the key is to find the best places of most family orientated places and really do your research before you get to that place. So places that are, you know, well located to, to kind of local amenities have lots of things, you know, on site. You're very lucky you're a resort. So you don't even have to leave the resort if you don't want to. And if you've got really young children, you might not want to be doing that or hiring a car. And so I'm always looking at, so when we booked with you guys, we were looking for a, you know, somewhere that could offer us luxury, but but like that was family orientated. So we didn't have to compromise on like a really beautiful setting, gorgeous beach. We're like beach lovers. So, you know, my husband grew up abroad as well. So it's like a beach is really important to us. Um, and my kids love the beach. So, but also you've got the swimming pools and activities and kids club and restaurants and you don't have to go for, we didn't really want to hire a car because Florence hates cars and traveling in cars. So we just thought easy, let's relax. And I think lots of parents are looking for those sorts of holidays really. Um, but yeah, I, when we recorded this, in the hotel um I would I'm sure I told you funny stories I can't actually remember any now of, of trips but we have had we've we've had some amazing trips and we've I bet had- you stayed at some really like on the book launch you must have stayed in some nice hotels but then maybe some you know not so ideal as it depending yeah, on what, your location it was, or it was a real it was a real mix to be honest um we've stayed we stayed in some some pretty amazing hotels as well and even in London and um see when you guys came to London were you at the Jeremiah yeah the Jumeirah yeah Jumeirah yeah wrong yeah because we stayed there we actually reviewed them and that was incredible um and they they even had a driver for us that they that they drove us around they really looked after us and that was that was amazing I love their pool there as well because they don't put chlorine in it and it's they gave us like paper costumes it was like really yeah kind of, it's beautiful my husband loves the pool in Jamira London yeah it's really lovely and I mean I was lucky enough that I was the resident blogger for um the Royal Garden Hotel for three years so I was so lucky that was like my second home so that was really cool um and you know lived out of there essentially because I lived in Yorkshire at the time so whenever I was in London and they they were really integral in my book launch as well we did a big event there we've had some really very cool experiences I'm really lucky to work in the tourism industry as well and help 
boost and that. And for you, what makes a good hotel? Like when you're traveling, like what now you're saying like all these hotels that you've stayed at, including us, thank you so much. So what is it that makes for that memorable experience? Um, I think, well, you know, when I think um, back to the summer, um, we had some really precious experiences, um, you know, things like, I think if it's intergenerational, that's really precious. So if you are going away with your mum and dad, if like with you guys, you're a a resort that um, can appeal to everybody. So we had a great time in your alfresco taverna outside. um, And I've forgotten the name, sorry. Alicati. Alicati. And like, you know, my dad was dancing and the bazooka was there and he was dancing with Florence. And that was like a really magical experience um mm, and a precious memory also, afterwards yeah yeah lovely and you're also very near to beautiful villages if people want to explore um we we found some really gorgeous places nearby as well and I think that's that's really nice I think a memorable holiday is one which is as stress-free as possible you want amazing food excellent food um and you know and entertainment for the family. You want them to be able to be busy, to be, and and I, like I say, I made like really good friends there, and still I made a close um, friend there, a French lady who lives in London, who we got on really well with. Who was there with her family, and it's really nice when you can make friends on holiday that sort of go the distance as well. That's oh, really oh, that's cute. so nice. <laughs> yeah, it's really oh. nice. Right so, on that note, I am going to um, end with the lucky draw question. So. Our team at St. Malfoy Resort Marina put together um, questions. I didn't get to see them. And then normally if we were together, you'd pull it out. But I'm just going to go like this. Tell me stop whenever you want. Stop. (laughs) Okay. And I cannot believe you got this. This is hilarious. Okay. I'm going to have to interject before I read the sound. So you cannot say your own. It's what's your favorite book and why? Oh, no. (laughs) Well, Oh, you gosh. cannot say mumbos. No, we'll no, say, no. We'll, we'll, we'll have a default that that is the answer. No, it's not. It's not. It, you need to plug your book. I need to oh, read your book. Actually, yes. Now you should be saying Theo the pig. Yeah, <laughs> or forty delicious vegan okay. recipes. No, exactly. That's amazing, and you're so inspiring. All your vegan stuff's incredible. Whenever I make uh. any plant-based I always think of you like thank you my dear. as like the default and I and he definitely made me a lot more plant-based than I was like very very rarely I can't even remember the last time I've eaten meat so oh I feel so yeah, happy when I hear this thank that's you really good no it's really great um you've and obviously your vegan restaurant as well is brilliant on um, uh, seashells uh, thank you yeah so that's really lovely oh my gosh so many books this is really putting me on on the spot on the spot um I'm trying I guess to it get... could be anything it could be a biography a recipe book what um, great read... fiction I've been on because I've been on mat leave um I've I've hardly read anything that's the truth because I've not had a minute and that's actually been the biggest thing I was saying to a friend of mine the the biggest biggest um downside to being on mat leave and being 24 7 with a baby is just not having that time to read um um if we were thinking of something amazing like something by margaret atwood maybe or like you know a classic like 1984 by george orwell but if we're looking at something like a modern a new modern classic something oh, I'm trying to think what I've read recently that I absolutely love that I can remember the flipping name of I might have to google can I google 
Oh. It's okay, don't worry. You've said a few. That's right. You know what I read? I'll, I'll I'll tell you what was one of mine in the last. Although I have read quite a few amazing books um, in the last year or so, but I really enjoyed. Um, I'm trying to remember his name, Adam something. This is gonna hurt. Have you read that? Oh, I, no, I've not. Brilliant. Read that. It was brilliant. It was the the, the diary, the real diary of a yeah of a junior doctor, and I laughed out loud and I also did cry also I mean it was amazing yeah yeah do you find though since you've had kids that you're more sensitive because I'm like oh my gosh I can't even oh my goodness kids, absolutely watch it I feel yeah. so vulnerable when I kind of I don't know when I when I like watch things read things I'm like oh just... definitely especially when the children are really young it's it's difficult and I I, I had to stop because I used to read lots of um autobiographies um about people who had less than fortunate childhoods and um well actually really quite harrowing childhoods you know of abuse and Mauchausen's and so many other um afflictions and I, I just had to stop reading them because after having children I'd become hysterical and then especially if you're empathic and you put yourself in that position and oh. so I just said no 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 so now I've gone into more I think I quite like reading business books now marketing books um I still like reading autobiographies um and biographies but um then you know that the person's writing them and they've come out all right you know I've not uh, yet yeah. I think the last autobiography I can't remember which that was is it David Williams I can't remember I'm really I'm reading I think for me that, that like I say this is the biggest thing that I've missed with a baby and a baby that doesn't sleep and wants to sleep in our bed every night and things is just my husband's reading on his kindle and he's got that kind of like night yeah the light backlight thing. yeah but I don't like and I like to read I like a book I, I like a proper book yeah you know paper and hardback and um but I yeah I want to start I want to get back to reading more and and all the things that I've dropped like I was painting again in the pandemic playing the piano even having piano lessons all that's gone out of the window because Florence is just like this whirlwind and she's such an active baby as well she my never... dear the first year is it's all about them not only actually one of my friends said it to me once and it was so true when they hit one the celebration is actually for the mother because she yeah. survived it and yeah. I was like this is so true like it's it should all be I remember when my son hit one I went out and bought myself um a really special ring and I was like I deserve this this is in memory of me surviving this difficult year well, but I loved first, it I've loved every minute but it's tough yeah it is tough it's challenging and friends of mine that have had their first babies recently I said to them you know this the first year is all about survival you yeah. can start really having fun second year but the first year is like sleep deprivation you're dealing with your hormones and everything that's changed like postpartum this fourth trimester is much longer than 12 weeks it's like the whole year as far as I'm concerned and I think it's also like getting to know your baby as well and it is draining and when you've got other kids it's joyful it's amazing but it's relentless and you don't get any real time for yourself like it's a military operation you have to give everyone time I mean, that's the thing. It's one thing to all be together, but they need individual time as well. And you need time as a couple. And then you need time as a professional, you know, working person. No wonder mums particularly feel 
so exhausted. And unfortunately, society and governments don't value motherhood either. So you're kind of working within the system where it's really, really hard, but you're expected to be superwoman, you're expected to do everything. And actually, this is one of the reasons we've relocated. So we left Windsor to come back to Yorkshire, because I've got my family here. And you need a village, you know, like the African proverb said, it takes a village to raise a baby. And I really think it takes a village to raise a mother, a mum boss, you know, it's, it's, hard to do it solo or the other quote <laughs> the other quote is you need a village but um but then the mum says I personally think you need a vineyard <laughs> <laughs> yes I love that absolutely absolutely oh my gosh the amount of wine I've gotten through this year it's, it's everyone ridiculous. when I'm in the supermarket it's like the wine and chocolate aisle so now it's like okay we got to the first year, we're feeling more normal. I, I definitely feel, and this is something if new mums um, are listening to this, that I've only recently, at like 10 and a half months, started feeling like myself again, mentally, physically. And it when can it, take even longer. And the thing is, is that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. That's what people have to realise, that that's okay. Because yeah. I think you think, oh, you're going to like snap back straight away and I definitely think this is my third baby my fourth pregnancy and you know my body's taken so much longer like now I start to you know I've, I've lost most of my weight but it's still you know it's an ongoing thing and I think as women we have so much pressure externally but also internally and I think we have to get a bit better at being kinder to ourselves and going it's not meant to be it's the minority that's that everything will seem you know it's the supermodels that will likely to snap back but most of us it takes time and that's okay like even if your weight snaps back you still need time for your body to adjust there's so much that goes into it so so much I think um, I read somewhere that it's two years to go to pre-baby in terms of like your organs and settling post kind of natally the effects that pregnancies had on you so I think the biggest tip I would give though for all of that is, and I'm someone that's incredibly short of time, is just five to 10 minutes of meditation a day. There are amazing apps. Um, the one that I love is called Insight Timer. And, the, and and people think, oh my gosh, meditation, I'm never going to be able to do it. But it's just really, it's deep breathing. And it's, it's a few minutes. It's literally yeah. a few minutes a day. It's so and worth it. Yoga can change your life. So, but anyway, it's really lovely to chat to you, Farah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's a great way to end it. Thank you so much for your time. I'm wishing you all the best and everybody check out Mum Boss. I have it at home. I haven't read it yet, but I'm cracking it open soon. No worries. Thank you, Vicky. Bye-bye. Thanks.